Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Uh, We began um, last fall with a simple idea, a simple goal, a simple aim for our church, and it was to change the way people view the church, Um, to get past the misperceptions that people have, to get past even the correct perceptions that people have, and help people see Jesus. And for the last almost six months now, we have been immersing ourselves in Jesus. We've been going through um, the Gospel of Luke, um, Luke's account of Jesus' life and ministry, so that we might know Him, and might follow Him, and become like Him, and learn from Him. And that's what this whole series has been about, because I believe the only way we're going to change the way people view the church is if we change ourselves, because we are the church. And the only way we're going to change is through Jesus, by understanding Him, by letting His life and His light shine through us. And so that's really what this is all about. And that's what we've been going through. And we're kind of, we're coming up towards the end of this whole study. In fact, we're getting into the last couple of weeks of Jesus' life and ministry here on this earth. And, and the whole idea is that, that we would be transformed by Him. So that when people look at your life, look at my life, they might see a glimpse of Jesus. And, and, and if you're here this morning and you don't consider yourself a Christian, not a Christ follower, maybe you've got questions, uh, maybe you're just not sure about the whole thing, you couldn't have picked a better Sunday to attend. You might have thought you came because some friend who was getting baptized asked you to come, and that's the only reason you showed up. I, got, I think you got another reason. God has something for you this morning. And I really believe as we look at this passage, because it so typifies who Jesus was and how he related to people. And it's a great instruction for us who are Christ followers. But if you're not a Christ follower, I want you to see a little bit of Jesus this morning. So we're going to look at probably one of the most familiar stories. In fact, how many here, I grew up, okay, I grew up in church. I grew up in Sunday school. And, and growing up in Sunday school, um, we learned a little song. And some of you might recognize it. It was about a wee little man. Anybody know the song I'm talking about? Okay, a few of you know this. It's, a, it's an old Sunday school song that we sang. And it, was, it goes, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore. There you go. You know the song. Okay, some of you do. Some of you go like, what in the world was that? Well, we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus this morning. But I want you to get past the Sunday school version, the cartoon version, the the wee little man version, and I want you to see a real person. Because Jesus' encounter with this person transformed his life. And I think it's because he saw something in Jesus that he didn't get from anybody else. So if you want to read the account with me, if you've got your Bibles with you, you want to turn to uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, and we're going to begin reading right at verse 1. Luke tells the story. Jesus entered into Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So we came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, 
Here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus makes really clear, this is my mission. I have come to seek and save the lost. What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, the truth is we are all lost. We all needed someone to come to seek and find us. In fact, Jesus told some stories we looked at a couple of weeks ago about lost things, lost people, and the the all-out search to find. And Jesus is saying, that's me. That story is about I have come to seek you out. I've come to find you. And even if you don't even know that you're lost, I've come to find you. Zacchaeus was a guy who had a pretty good idea that he was lost. And Jesus said, I've come for you. And in Jesus, he saw something that, that, that just transformed his life. And here's the thing. If we're going to change the way that people view the church, if we're going to change the way people view Christians, then we've got to change the way that we look at people. See, that's one of the first things here. Jesus looked at people in a whole different way. We need to learn to see people the way Jesus did. He looked at people like nobody else did. The way people would look at Zacchaeus, okay, we know a few things about it. We don't know much, but but Luke has given us a few important details. We know he was short. We know he was a chief tax collector and that he was wealthy. Now, those are some really key things because, you see, tax collectors were not particularly well-liked. You know, if you don't like the IRS, okay, this was worse because the taxes that were collected went off to Rome. The nation of Israel had become part of the Roman Empire. They had been conquered. There was an occupying army, and there were these forced imposed taxes collected from them. And that money was going to pay for the soldiers that were occupying their cities. They were paying for their own imprisonment, basically. And the people that did it, the people that were the tax collectors, were Israelites. They were Jews themselves. And so these guys who were collecting from their own people and giving it to the suppressing army, they were seen as traitors, betrayers to the nation. They were like, nobody liked these guys. But what we know about Zacchaeus, he wasn't just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. Now, see, the way that this worked is the tax collector got the chance to set the appraised value of anything. And there was no appeal, okay? It was just like, he said, I think your donkey's worth $2,000, and the tax rate is 10%, so $200 you got to give to me, even though the real value of the the donkey might have been $100. And what he would do, then he would tell Rome, I taxed this $100 donkey, and that's how much he'd send to Rome, and the rest went in his own pocket, okay? So not only were they betraying, they were thieves. They were swindlers. They were con men. But a chief tax collector was even worse because Part of the deal was it was kind of a multi-level marketing deal, okay? You got people under you, and you got a cut of everything they collected. So to be a chief tax collector was not only that you were cheating people, you were cheating the people who were cheating the people. So he's a chief tax collector, he's wealthy, but nobody likes him. You can be pretty clear on that, because Jericho was not that big a city. Smaller probably than the city of Benicia right now. So everybody knew this guy. 
Everybody knew his business. Everybody saw his big palatial estate. And everybody knew where that money came from. And everybody hated his guts. That's Zacchaeus. He's more than just a cartoon figure. Think of, I'm trying to think this week, think of like Danny DeVito playing the evilest role he's ever played in a movie or a TV program, okay? That's kind of Zacchaeus. That's the picture of him. He is not well-liked. He is, um, he's just seen as a, a betrayer and a thief. And nobody in town likes him. But Jesus sees him with a different set of eyes. Jesus sees him and he says, he, he, saw, he reaches the spot where Zacchaeus was. He looks up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. He calls him by name. How does he know Zacchaeus? We don't know. Was it divine revelation? Or was it simply this guy's reputation was so great in the town, everybody knew Zacchaeus. Now, there's a couple of things. We know he was short. So you can imagine as Jesus is coming into town and, and the parade and the throngs of people that are lining up to see him and wanting to, wanting to touch him, wanting to be involved with him. Everybody, and everybody hates Zacchaeus and he's short. So you can almost kind of picture this like he's trying to squeeze in and they're kind of like, you know, and he wants to squeeze on this side and they're kind of like moving in front. And wherever he tries to get through, they're just kind of like blocking him off. There's no way he's going to be able to see Jesus. The only way he can do this is to climb up in a tree. Now, there's another reason why he might be climbing that tree. Let me show you. This, I want to show you a picture of a, of a... This is a sycamore tree, the one on the left. It's a big tree. And its, and its branches spread out really wide. So there's plenty of room to sit up there. You could build a really nice tree house there. But the other thing about it is look at the leaves. Big leaves. This is the kind of tree that you could climb up in, hide yourself behind the leaves, and see everything that's going on, and nobody see you. And I think that's part of the deal here too. This, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, but nobody else wants him to see Jesus. And, and he knows his reputation, and he knows that nobody likes him, so he's got to find a way to see Jesus without being seen. He's kind of hiding up in this tree, but Jesus knows him, and Jesus sees him. Jesus had this way of noticing the people that everybody else ignored. You see it all throughout his life and all throughout his ministry. Jesus looked at people through a different set of eyes. And he gets to the spot where Zacchaeus is and he says, I know you're up there. Come on. Come on. Get out of the tree. And I think part of what Jesus is saying is, hey, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know what your reputation is. I know that nobody else here likes you. But I do. Come on down out of the tree. Get found. Quit hiding. The only way that happens is if people feel safe to be themselves. And I think the reputation of the church and the reputation of Christians is we're so busy criticizing and making accusations of people that they don't feel safe revealing who they really are. And I think the first step, if we're going to be a church that people can see Jesus in your life and in my life, we got to start looking at people through the eyes of Jesus. we got to start saying to them, it's okay to come out of your tree. <laughs> You're safe. You can be yourself. And I'm not going to judge you and I'm not going to criticize you. I just want you to be able to be real. Jesus had a way of doing that. He purposely stops he makes it safe.
for Zacchaeus to come out. And I think that's absolutely essential. I think there's something else. That if we're going to change the way that people view the church, if we're going to have people see Jesus in us, then we've got to also be able not just to see him through Jesus' eyes, we need to be able to engage them where they're at. On their territory, on their terms. Jesus didn't roll into town, set up a a tent, hire a band, and say, if anybody wants to know God, come on, show up, I'll tell you all about him. Jesus went where people were. He hung out in places where otherwise people wouldn't hang out. He met people on their terms, on their turf, with what they were dealing with in their lives. And he did this over and over and over again. And he does it with Zacchaeus. He meets him on his turf. In fact, he says to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, what? You're inviting yourself over to his house? Isn't that kind of rude? You see, what that means is, I want to be with you. It would be like, it would be like Super Bowl quarterback Colin Kaepernick showing up at your doorstep and saying, hey, I'd like to have lunch with you. Or, or maybe Buster Posey, you know, MVP, coming and showing up at your house and saying, hey, let's hang out. Or maybe, maybe some star from one of those Oakland teams. I just can't think of any right now. Okay, don't send me any nasty emails. It was a joke, okay? But, but that's the idea. Here is this guy that everybody wants to be with. Everybody would love to have him over to his house. And he's picking Zacchaeus. And what he's saying, and, and, and in fact, it's even more than that. It's even more than having lunch with a celebrity. To say, I want to be at your house, is to say, you're a friend of mine. I accept you. I think the best of you. I think you could be somebody. See, to break bread with someone, to, to share a meal with someone, to do it in their home, meant full acceptance. Full acceptance. And Jesus isn't being rude. He's just simply saying, you're worth my time. I want to be with you. And he did that over and over and over again. Have conversations with people that nobody would talk to. Can you imagine what it would mean for somebody who nobody in town likes, who has this huge house with all of the nice furnishings, but has no friends to have come over? And to have Jesus, this well-known rabbi, come through town and purposely pick you out and say, I want to be with you. How often do you convey that to the people in your life? I want to be with you. I want to be with you where you're at. That's the thing that Jesus always did. He was always taking time. And, 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 and when this happens, the people can't believe it. It says all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now that accusation came to Jesus all the time. And usually when Jesus would go out and, and have a meal or talk with somebody who was considered a sinner, usually the people that were objecting or grumbling about it were the religious people. But you notice in this one, it's not the religious people. It's everybody. Nobody can believe that Jesus is going to spend time with this guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need your grace. Yeah, I know I need you to make me right with you. But this guy, that's just going a little too far. 
You're just, you're kind of pushing it there. This, this guy, he's not worth your time. How often do we convey that mentality? How often are we so grateful for God's grace in our own life, so grateful that he wants to be with me, that he would forgive me, that he would accept me, that he would take me in his life and put his life into me? How grateful we are for what he would do for me, but some of these other people, they're like lost causes. He said, no, nobody's an outcast. Nobody's a lost cause. Even the guy that nobody likes. I love him. We've got to find ways to do that. One of the things that I have found, that, and, I've, and I've worked really hard at, being intentional about having friendships and relationships beyond my church. And I, I specifically have done this. I've, I've, I've tried to make connections and, and build relationships with people that don't go to church, that probably aren't Christ followers and probably don't consider that they would ever become Christ followers. And I don't do it because they're a project. I do it because I like them. I love them. I hope they'll fall in love with Jesus. I pray that they would see something in me that conveys that love of Christ to them. But I just want to be with them. That's what Jesus did. And lastly, if if people are going to see Jesus in us, then we need to learn to affirm people at every step of faith they take. And for some people, it's, it's transformational like an overnight deal. That's what happened with Zacchaeus. His transformation is astounding. He stands up and says to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, which he knows he has, out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Not because he's buying his way into heaven. Not because he is somehow trying to earn Jesus' favor. Jesus has already given that to him. This is an example of a transformed heart. A guy whose whole life was about acquiring for himself, no matter how it hurt anybody else. A guy whose whole life was built about around me and mine, and I'm the best, and I'm the biggest, and I'm the richest, is so transformed that he's taken half of all that he owns to just give it away. And... For anybody that he's cheated, to pay them back four times the amount, he's making restitution. He's making amends. He's admitting the kind of life he's been living, and it's got to change. That's a, that's a huge transformation. And, and Jesus just he says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. What is he saying? See, all the people around need to know what's happened in Zacchaeus' life. And he makes this declaration. Salvation has come to this place. This guy has been rescued. This guy has been changed. This guy belongs in God's family. You may not have thought it was possible, but he's in. Now, not everybody responded to Jesus that way. Not everybody will respond to you or me. If, anybody, if you've ever tried to share your faith with somebody, you know Not everybody responds that way. And not everybody did to Jesus either. In fact, there was one one time, it's recorded in Mark's gospel, where someone came and asked questions of Jesus and had a conversation with him, and and he didn't come to faith. He He didn't take that full faith of trust in Jesus. But he did 
indicate that he was heading that direction. And this is what Jesus said. He said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. He had just taken a baby step in God's direction. And he says, you're not as far away as you think you are. You're moving closer. See, that's one of the things Jesus, he affirmed the life transformation that happened in Zacchaeus, but he also affirmed the baby step of faith that one person took in God's direction. And sometimes, I think we want people to take bigger steps than they're ready for. And we feel like if you don't take that step, then you're not really moving towards God at all. And we don't understand what's going on in their life. And one of the things that Jesus did, he recognized little steps of faith along the way, and he affirmed them. And I think that's one of the things. If people are going to see Jesus in us, then we've got to be able to affirm even those little baby steps of faith that people might be taking towards God. See, the words that Zacchaeus heard that day are the words that everybody needs to hear. Because all of us need to hear, come out of your hiding. I want to be with you. Rescue, salvation has come to you. One of my favorite books, written a number of years ago now by Philip Yancey, What's So Amazing About Grace? Great book. But he writes this. He says, When Jesus loved a guilt-laden person, guilt-laden person and helped him, he saw him in a, as an erring child of God. Jesus did not identify the person with his sin, but rather saw this sin as something alien, something that did not really belong to him, something that merely chained and mastered him and from which he would free him and bring him back to his real self. Jesus was able to love people because he loved them right through the layer of mud. We may be abominations, but we are still God's pride and joy. All of us in the church need grace-healed eyes to see the potential in others for the same grace that God has so lavishly bestowed on us. To love a person, said Dostoevsky, means to see him as God intended him to be. Do you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.